You are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. I'm Claudio Mendonça, and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Tonight, the California report looks into the agreement Democratic leaders in the state legislature reached on a budget proposal to negotiate with Governor Gavin Newsom. The California News Service covers two bills that would limit local control in order to clear the way for 5G small cell wireless equipment near homes, schools, and businesses. Then, after local headlines and weather, Felton Pruitt speaks with a local author about her new book entitled Riverways, The Rivergoer's Guide to River Etiquette. We close tonight with a commentary by Richard Stockton. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. An L.A. County firefighter is dead and another wounded after a fellow firefighter walked into the Agua Dulce Firehouse in northern Los Angeles County and started shooting. It happened just before 11 o'clock yesterday morning. Afterwards, the shooter returned to his home, barricaded himself inside, set it on fire, and then apparently shot himself. Los Angeles County Fire Chief Daryl Osby says the firefighter who was killed was 44 years old, well-respected, and had served for more than 20 years. I, I stand here with a heavy heart, and today is truly a sad day and a tragic day for the Los Angeles County Fire Department. I received the news. It was some of the worst news that I've heard in my career. And as a fire chief, I've dealt with a lot of death and a lot of fallen members of my department. And I've always prayed that we would never have a line of duty death and never thought that if it occurred, that it would occur in this fashion. The wounded firefighter is in critical but stable condition at a local hospital. None of the three men have been identified, nor has a motive been released. Turning to Sacramento, Democratic leaders of the state Senate and Assembly say they're in agreement on a state budget proposal. A final deal, though, still needs to be reached with Governor Gavin Newsom. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarati has more. The legislature's plan backs ideas from Newsom on how to spend tens of billions of dollars in unexpected revenue. Both sides want to send out direct checks to residents, expand transitional kindergarten, and provide grants to small businesses. Here's Assembly Budget Chair Phil Ting of San Francisco. We are very aligned in all the issues that we are pursuing, and I anticipate we're going to be able to uh, figure out many of the details and come to agreement. So what's the difference between what lawmakers and Newsom are pitching? The legislature's plan projects higher tax revenues than the governor's, which they want to spend on college grants, child care, and more. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. A federal judge has issued a preliminary injunction prohibiting Bank of America from freezing the accounts of Californians who are seeking unemployment benefits. The bank was sued by 15 jobless Californians who are among the thousands who have had their benefit debit cards frozen, even though they had legitimate unemployment claims. The debit cards are issued under a contract with the State Employment Development Department, which earlier this year said at least $11 billion in benefits had been paid on fraudulent claims. The judge also ordered the creation of new customer service phone lines to help people whose accounts were affected by fraud.
For years, Cal-OSHA, the California agency in charge of protecting workers from health and safety hazards, has been understaffed. But the problem got worse during the pandemic, crippling Cal-OSHA's ability to protect millions of people on the job who faced new risks from COVID-19. Now, as the head of Cal-OSHA and the state's labor secretary are in line for top positions in the Biden administration, the agency's performance is facing new scrutiny. KQD's Farida Javala Romero reports. Last summer, Imelda Arroyo and a co-worker at an Oakland fast food restaurant filed a complaint with Kalosha, saying their boss didn't tell them when colleagues were diagnosed with COVID-19 and didn't require everyone to wear masks. Arroyo says she wanted state inspectors to investigate quickly. She's a mom of three, and she worried about bringing home the virus to her family. But for months, the violations continued, she says. And when the agency finally responded to her nine months later, officials said their inspection had found no problems at the restaurant. Arroyo says they didn't listen to her and they didn't interview her and they took too long. A recent report by a state Senate committee says Kalosha enforcement during the pandemic has been, quote, minimal to non-existent because the agency is seriously understaffed. Over the past two years, the vacancy rate for field inspectors at Kalosha doubled, with one in four positions unfilled as of late February. Since then, the agency has hired some inspectors, but more than 50 of those positions remain vacant kind of a very sad situation. It has never been this bad. Garrett Brown worked for more than two decades at Kalosha, most of it as a field inspector. He's been tracking vacancies at the agency for years. And it has just tremendously adverse, harmful impact on the health, safety, and rights of workers in California. A spokeswoman with the Department of Industrial Relations, which oversees Kalosha, says they've been working hard to find qualified candidates. But for most of the last two years, the process slowed because after a scandal involving a former director, they needed pre-approval from the state's Human Resources Department for hiring. Garrett Brown says Kalosha's chief, Doug Parker, and especially the state's labor secretary, Julie Sue, could have done more to solve the hiring dysfunction. But the officials could soon be leaving. Parker to head federal OSHA and Sue to become deputy secretary at the U.S. Department of Labor. It's very disappointing as well, I can say. Julie Sue had quite a successful record of protecting worker rights, labor rights as labor commissioner. But as labor secretary, she's presided over really the hollowing out of Kalosha. A spokesman said Sue declined to comment. But San Jose Assemblyman Ash Calra, who heads the Assembly's Labor Committee, is less critical of Sue and Parker. I don't think this falls necessarily with one individual, including the department heads. I think that this is something that's been longstanding. He says the pandemic has made hiring tough for all sorts of employers. But he's hopeful that Kalosha can begin to do better. Governor Gavin Newsom has proposed to increase funding to create 70 new positions, including 33 inspectors. That's a great sign. That's what the governor's intention is to add more positions. Then I think it brings us some momentum to fill these positions. He says that as Kalosha steps up, it should hire inspectors who speak different languages because many of the state's nearly 6 million frontline workers are immigrants. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero.
Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare. Personal Capital, helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary advisor, personalcapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, June 2nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Community activists are urging California lawmakers to reject two bills that would limit local control in order to clear the way for 5G small cell wireless equipment near homes, schools and businesses. Supporters of the bills cite the economic benefits of improved high speed broadband. However, multiple cities are fighting the 5G rollout, citing concerns about health, safety and property values. Doug Wood with the nonprofit Americans for Responsible Technology notes the League of California Cities opposes both bills. It gives the telecoms free reign to install this equipment pretty much wherever they want and puts unreasonable time limits on a city's permitting process. The only people benefiting from these bills are the telecoms, not Californians. Senate Bill 556 would require municipalities to make space available at low rates for communications service providers. It passed the Senate and is now in two Assembly committees. And Assembly Bill 537 would force cities to go to court if they want to deny a permit for a location. It has passed in several Assembly committees with bipartisan support. The telecom companies argue that installing 5G statewide will give low-income communities a leg up. But Larry Ortega with the nonprofit Community Union says wired municipal broadband is a better option. He adds these bills do nothing to address the cost to the consumer. You know, many of our kids are not going to be able to afford 5G. So there's going to be an increase in cost, which is the primary barrier in the digital divide. In terms of health concerns, a 2018 study from the National Institutes of Health found radio frequency radiation used in cell phones and 5G antennas caused heart and brain tumors in male rats. However, the FCC has declared cell phones safe. Detractors say the standards the FCC used to make that determination are decades old and flawed. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. A small private plane crashed just before 8.30 this morning here in Nevada County. Two people were traveling from the Marysville area towards the Blue Canyon Airport aboard a Cessna 172 when it began to experience engine trouble. The pilot was forced to make an emergency landing near the intersection of Ancho Mine Road and Gaston Road near the little town of Washington. No one was hurt. That according to local pilot Juan Brown and the Union of Grass Valley. Caltrans released a statement today alerting motorists to scheduled traffic-interfering maintenance work on State Routes 89 and 267 this weekend and the week ahead. This Sunday, June 6th, crews will be performing crack sealing work on State Route 267 between Old Brockway Road, Soaring Way, and Truckee Airport Road and Schaefer Mill Road. Work is scheduled from 5 a.m. to 4 p.m. with one-way traffic control anticipated during the crack sealing work. Then, during the week of June 7th, between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m., maintenance crews will be cleaning ditches on State Route 89 south of Interstate 80. Motorists should expect one-way traffic control at various locations during the ditch cleaning operations. 
Nevada County joined Sacramento, San Joaquin, and Solano counties in their promotion to the orange or moderate tier, according to California's blueprint for a safer economy. The new tier status will allow increased numbers of people to gather indoors at restaurants, gyms, theaters, and other businesses. Today, in a business task force meeting, Health and Human Services Agency Director Ryan Groover had this to say. Great news. Our cases have declined significantly in the last few weeks. I believe last time I spoke, we were still seeing significant cases and not advancing nearly as, as quickly as the rest of the state. We've now declined from a peak of almost 400 cases in a week around the winter holidays to just 30 cases in each of the last two weeks. We did see significant cases today. I think we had 11 and all of them were in Truckee. So that's something we'll be keeping our eye on to see what's going on there, if it's just a blip or if it's an emerging situation. But at any rate, our cases have improved to the point where we were able to advance to the orange tier. As of today, we're in the orange tier. What that means is based on two weeks of meeting criteria, um, our businesses are now allowed to open at a um, higher capacity. So as some examples, restaurants can go from 25% to 50%. Uh, movie theaters um, can are the same, 25% to 50%. Gyms can go for ten, from 10% to 25%. Um, retail can operate without capacity limitations. Finally, an update regarding Downeyville. According to the Los Angeles Times, the Sierra County Board of Supervisors voted 4-1 to one yesterday evening to rename Jim Crow Road to Crow City Road, as recommended by the county's historical society. The only no vote came from Sierra County District 4 Supervisor Terry LeBlanc, who in an April discussion said, quote, You might as well just burn the history books because, you know, this is just going way too far as far as I'm concerned. End quote. And now for regional weather. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, clear, with a low around 65. Tomorrow, sunny, with a high near 93. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, mostly clear, with a low around 52 degrees. Tomorrow will be sunny, with a high near 86. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, clear, with a low around 59. Tomorrow, sunny and hot with a high near 97. Next, Felton Pruitt interviews local author Chula Gimignani. We're talking with Chula Gemignani, who is the author of Riverways, the River Goer's Guide to River Etiquette. And Chula, you're going to be having a book signing at the Farmer's Market this Saturday in, is it Nevada City or Grass Valley? Nevada City Farmer's Market in front of Harmony Books. Well, let's talk about this book and why you wrote it. Explain first off why you wrote it, why you were moved to write this book. Well, I'm an art activist. I mean, I do a lot. I've done a lot in the community with my art and activism and I just feel like art is a great way to mm, like when you're standing in front of a painting you can't really be thinking about the past the future kind of it it takes you right there into the moment so it's really a a great way to get, get somebody's attention you know and so I've used my art in many ways in the past and the community knows me for some of my projects this happened last August it was fire season there was smoky smoke in the air and the rivers were getting inundated with people. People couldn't get onto airplanes because of COVID. So I 
started, well, I, I, I guess it was a call and response. So people on Facebook were posting pictures of vandalism, making comments about how people weren't respecting the river. And it was uh, people were parking like crazy and blocking roads so no emergency vehicles could get through. Basically, I was just, you know, listening to all of this. And then my response to it was I started painting, couldn't really go anywhere. Any, anyway, it was locked down. And so I started doing watercolors and painting and doing kind of sketches. So just like, you know, a sketch on Saturday Night Live, you know, it was like little sketches of river scenes. And I would post those in my response. And then the response of the community, the callback to those was to write a book and make a book for people. And so that's what I did. I just responded by making the book. (laughs) Yeah, last summer, it seemed like the Valley brought all their garbage up to our rivers and left it. Yeah, it was bad. So then you came up with the Riverkeeper's list of etiquette, and you have 10 things listed. Let's go through them. Like, first off, you mentioned don't block the road. Yes. And then leave it nicer than you found it. Now, that's something my dad taught me about camping when I was a kid. Just always leave something a little bit nicer than you found it. Exactly. And with each, it's, it's, you know, there's the list in the beginning, you know, but we didn't want to make this like the strict rule of a book of rules, you know, so we put these playful watercolors with it. So and poetry. So the poetry, Meredith Heller is this amazing poet, and she actually is at the river right now as we speak. She teaches, she's a poet in the school uh, during the school year, and then she goes to the river for two months. And she spends so much time at the river that her river poetry is so potent and it really just brings the river right into your heart as you're reading it. So with each painting of a one of the etiquette rules on the list, there is a wonderful poem to go with it. I'm looking at your list and number five says use unscented reef safe sunscreen because no one wants yeah. to smell strong sunscreen in the water and the fish will be grateful. Correct. And I guess one of your main points is that it's all it's a circle of of life of the river and nature and then animals and people. Yes, and we matter. People matter. Like our choices matter to the whole scene, to each other, to nature, to ourselves. You know, taking that little step of extra responsibility just makes your connection even deeper when you go there. Right now, as we move into June, our river currents aren't as bad as they, they usually would be at this time because we've just we're in this drought and uh, we don't have a lot of cold water rushing out of the mountains. So it's it's not quite as dangerous as it may have been at this time of the year. But you still have to be careful. Yes, and that is one of the one of, is on the list of etiquette. Yes, I thought I should add it as a warning. I mean, every year we lose somebody in the river. It's so sad. So I I did. I did put that one in. It is, um, it's a sad one, but it also honors those who have been lost to the river in the drawing. We, we make an honor to them. So yeah. not only do you have uh, poems by Meredith Hunter, you also have a foreword by Shelley Covert. Yes, Shelley, which is beautiful because she brings the indigenous perspective into the book, you know. I mean, the indigenous, they, they used the river for gathering. They used it for direction and travel. So there are all these different ways in which they use the river themselves. And now we're just using it for recreation, you know. So we've come so far from that connection. And Shelley really brings it home with the forward. It's beautiful what she wrote. We're talking with Chula Gemignani. You've got your book signing this Saturday at the yes, we're so excited. Farmer's Market in Nevada City. It's called Riverways, The Rivergoer's Guide to River Etiquette. 
Now, I imagine you can get a copy of the book at the uh, Farmer's Market this Saturday morning, but if not, how else could people get in touch with you and get a copy? You can definitely get them online. I'm not selling them directly, but you can get them online. You just Google it. Amazon has them. Barnes & Noble has them. Book Locker has them. Uh, Some local stores also in Nevada City have the copies there. So we wish you luck, and uh, people can come out and meet you this Saturday. Thank you so much, Felton. Chula Gemignani with her book, Riverways, The River Goer's Guide to River Etiquette. Richard Stockton recently had a wake-up call about his contribution to the current state of divisiveness we're all living through. It feels like our divisiveness grows every day. We only speak to expose our differences, and we come together like a hospital gown. But I have a tale for you of love at the In-N-Out Burger. I'm coming in off the road. I'm trying to make it back home as the winter sun goes down. I feel starved. I'm pounding my little Prius down the freeway. I'm so hungry. And then I see the red and yellow sign of an In-N-Out Burger. I get in the drive through line, and I'm right behind a gigantic pickup truck. American flags all over it. It's got dual exhausts that look like they're three feet off the ground. These exhaust pipes belch carbon monoxide with a rhythm that sounds like a heavy metal band blowing over my little car. I can't breathe. So I stop and let the behemoth get way ahead of me. Now this messes up the operation of the drive-thru. For the windows to work efficiently, you're supposed to keep moving ahead. And now, I'm slowing the process for everyone. Cars honk behind me. I can't help it. I gotta breathe. I begin making up all kinds of stories about the pickup truck driver. I start with what I imagine is his political view. Oh, I bet I know who you voted for and devolve into stereotypes of who I imagine in the big truck. Why all the flags, pal? Really, got a short-term memory problem about what country you're in? You think you're the only one who loves America? What gives you the right to co-opt the symbol of our country? Oh, I bet you're making fun of my little Prius right now. You probably think this is some wimpy liberal excuse for transportation. I'm sorry I accept the science regarding global warming and that I oppose using catapults to hurl unaccompanied minors back into Mexico and yada, 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 yada. Until I degenerate into insults about his mother, I turn the air in my little car blue with profanity. When I get to the pay window, the young man says, here's your burger, no charge. What? The guy in front of you paid for yours. Why? I don't know, he said something about apologizing for exhaust. Now that humbles me. I was making up stories about a guy who was paying it backwards. The views expressed on this show are those of the speakers only and are not necessarily those of KVMR, our board, staff, volunteers, or contributors. That's our newscast for tonight, Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. We get support from Milkman Toner Company, providing local hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners. 
carrying environmentally safe, remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support. Serving Northern California counties, also San Francisco to Lake Tahoe. MilkmanCompany.com And Harmony Books of Nevada City, locally owned for over 25 years, next to the Chamber of Commerce at 130 Main Street, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5.30, Sundays, 11 to 4. Harmony Books carries thousands of books, including local authors. Stick around. Coming up next is The Sages Among Us. This week, Lori Burkhart Frank will be speaking with Nevada County Board of Education board member Susan Clarebutt. And at 7 p.m., we bring you Democracy Now! Thanks very much for listening. I'm Claudio Mendoza. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.